Chapter 25 of The Radio Planet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michael Knowles, Fort Worth, Texas. The Radio Planet by Ralph Milne Farley. All Kinds of Trouble. We must reconnoiter first, Cabo replied, for as yet I have no definite plans. Accordingly, they made their way to a grove of trees near the arsenal. Where they stood, they were completely enveloped by foliage and tropical darkness, but the arsenal was in a flood of light which emanated from large floodlights on poles a short distance outside the surrounding wall. Along the top of the high wall walked sentinels armed with rifles. Cabo quickly formed his plans. Turning his rifle and bandolier over to the best shot in the party, he instructed the sharpshooters as follows. When I raise my hand so, then shoot the sentinel to whom I'm talking. Follow that by a shot at the nearest light. Then, under cover of the darkness, slink across the plain and join me at the wall. Without any further explanation, he walked boldly out into the light. As he approached the arsenal, there rang out a cry, Halt! He halted. Who is there? Not so loud, he cautioned. You see I am unarmed. Let me approach near the wall so that I may explain my mission, which is for your antennae alone. The sentinel signified his assent, and Cabo drew near. Halt, the coupion on the wall repeated, but this time in a low tone. Cabo halted again, this time almost directly under the light. Stand where you are, said the soldier, while I let down a ladder. Make any attempt to flee, and I shall fire. Miles remained where he was, with every indication of extreme terror, as the Coupian let down a rope ladder from the top of the wall and descended. Hold up your hands. Up shot Cabo's right hand. It was the signal agreed on with a concealed sharpshooter. Ping! The sentinel dropped to the ground without a sound. Ping! The light went out. Hastily, the Earthman exchanged his white toga for the black toga of his fallen enemy and picked up the latter's rifle and cartridge belt. It felt good to have a real rifle-shaped rifle in his hands once more as opposed to the buttless firearms of the ants. Just then, a voice hailed him from the top of the wall. What's the trouble? Out of the dim twilight below, Miles called back. I shot a sutler, and just as I was about to search his body, the light went out. Have you your flashlight with you? Yes. Then come on down and help me search. The second sentinel, eager for a taste of sutler's food after weeks of garrison rations, started to scramble down the rope ladder. But, as he neared the ground, Cabo stepped on his side and put a single bullet through his brain. Out of the semi-darkness around him there arose seven forms. There were Batend and the six Kupian marksmen from the hills. Batend started to change clothes with the fallen guard, but Cabo stopped him, saying, No, your limp would give you away. Let one of the others assume the personality of this sentry. One of the others made the exchange. Then, said their leader, Two of the posts of the guard are now cleared. Do you, marksmen, ascend to the ladder and walk this beat, impersonating Yuri's guardman? The man did so, while those below cowered close to the wall. Soon, Cabo heard a shot to the extreme right of the beat. Then, a voice from above called softly, One less guard, O Cabo. Three sections of the wall are now cleared. I have the body up here. Miles and one more sharpshooter mounted the parapet. 
Soon, all three were walking post with the precision of old wartime practice, while the other five members of the party clung to the rope ladder under the shadow of the wall. Cabo himself walked to the leftmost post, and took pains never to meet the adjoining sentry. Thus, nearly half a part of time passed. Finally, an officer with a squad approached along the top of the wall to the left. Cabo promptly crowded the extreme right-hand end of his beat, and cautioned his own adjoining sentinel to remain close at hand. As the squad drew near, he sang out, Halt! The squad halted. Who is there? the earthman demanded. Relief. Advance one and be recognized. The officer stepped forward. Advance relief. The officer brought the relief forward, halted it again, and called out, Number four. Thereat, one of the squad stepped from the ranks at Port Arms. Cabo himself came to port in unison. At this point, the routine ended. Tilting his gun slightly from its position, Miles suddenly fired two shots, and the officer and the new number four sank down upon the parapet. Instantly, the whole squad was in confusion. But, before they could raise their rifles to reply, Miles and his companions riddled them with bullets. One of them, more quick-thinking than the rest, dropped prone without being hit, and then cautiously drew a bead on Miles Cabo, who, seeing his enemies all down, had just paused to breathe. Neither he nor his companion saw his hostile move, and Miles's other man was walking his post far to the right in a military manner so as to attract no attention from the guardsmen farther on. Everything was all set for the tragedy which would forever put an end to the hope of redemption of Kupia from the renegade Yuri and his bee allies. But, just as the soldier was about to pull the trigger, a brawny arm slipped across his throat and yanked him backward, so that his gun went off in the air. It was Ba Tedun, who had crawled to the top of the wall in the rear of the squad, a shot from Cabo's company promptly put an end to this last enemy. Then, the seven conspirators searched the bodies and equipped themselves, Cabo pinning on the insignia of the officer. There were eight bodies, but some had undoubtedly fallen from the wall in the struggle. No time could be spared to hunt for these, and eight was more than enough for the present purposes. Miles formed his men in two ranks, counted them off, faced them to the right, and proceeded along the parapet, picking up his one already posted man as he went. Number six was relieved in true military form. He was too glad of getting off duty to notice some unfamiliarity with the officer who relieved him, similarly with number seven, eight, nine, and so on. As he came to number eleven, Cabo began to worry for fear that his supply of new sentinels might run out. Why hadn't he made some arrangement to have his own men rejoin him after being posted? But then he reflected that that would never do, for it certainly would have been noticed by the others. He was in a fix. Number twelve was relieved. All seven of his own men were gone, and Miles Cabo found himself at the head of a squad composed entirely of the enemy. What could he do at number thirteen? But... Just as he was frantically turning this question over in his mind, he came to a long ramp leading inward from the wall, down to a small building between the wall and the main arsenal. He stepped back as though to inspect the squad, and they, without command, marched past him, turned, and proceeded past number one down the ramp. This was the guard quarters. There were no more sentinels to relieve. Inside the buildings, he gave the commands. Relief! Halt! Left! Face, port arms, open chambers, closed chambers, dismissed, hands up. The last was not in the manual. 
The tired men, on their way to the gun rack, stopped in surprise, upshot their hands, some first dropping their rifles, but some retaining them. It is Cabo, the Minorian, one of them shouted. The situation was ticklish in the extreme. The Kupians were scattered throughout the room, so that it was impossible for Miles to cover them all simultaneously with his rifle. They were desperate characters, thugs of the worst type, typical henchmen of Prince Yuri. If they started any trouble, Miles could expect to get one, or at the most two, of the seven before the rest would get him. Furthermore, they knew it. Back up, all of you, into that corner, quickly, he directed. But they did not budge. Gradually, smiles began to break over their ugly visages. They realized that they had him at bay rather than he them. And what a prize he would be for presentation to King Yuri. Why, the king might even blow them a beefsteak party. The Earthman confronted them, unafraid. He still had the drop on them, and he intended to press his advantage to the limit. You, fat one, over by the rack. Back into the corner, he ordered, or I'll shoot you first. The Kupian addressed and obeyed with alacrity. You, with a scar, lay down your gun. Now you, back into the corner. The second soldier did so. Things were progressing nicely. One by one, he could subdue the Kupians confronting him. But, just as he was exulting in his triumph, his gun was seized from behind. Turning, he saw number one leering at him. One blow from his fist in that leering face, and the newcomer crashed to the floor. But, before Miles could wheel to confront those in the guardroom, they had rushed him and borne him to the ground. "'Capture him alive!' someone shouted, and that was the last that he heard, for something snapped in his portable radio set, and from then on he was deaf to antennae emanations. All that he could hear was the occasional rifle shot. In spite of the overwhelming numbers upon him, he fought with his feet and fists, until at last the weight seemed to lessen. Finally, he struggled to his feet and confronted his tormentors. Could it be that single-handed he'd vanquished eight brawny Kupians? But no, for the figures he confronted were Batend and his own men. The eight enemies lay dead on the floor. The mutual congratulations were silently given. A quick inspection showed that his headset and the apparatus belt were hopelessly damaged, and the radio man found a stylus in paper and wrote, My artificial antennae and the accompanying apparatus were injured during the fight. Luckily, there is another in the airplane. One of you, go quickly and fetch it. One of the party accordingly withdrew. The others, rifle in hand, proceeded to search the building, but not a soul did they find, although the couches had evidently been recently occupied. It seemed likely that during the struggle in the guard's room, the rest of the guard, being unable to reach their arms racks, had stealthily left the building. So Miles and his party hurried on the door which led from the building to the arsenal yard. As they emerged, they were met with a volley from the arsenal, and three of their number went down. The rest beat a hasty retreat and barred the door. Then they made their way to the windows which faced the main arsenal, but... Two more of them were picked off before they realized how perfectly they were silhouetted by the lighted rooms within. One of these two was Batend. Miles Cabo and one Kupian sharpshooter were all that were left of the party. As rapidly as possible, the two survivors extinguished all the lights in the guardhouse and then mounted to the roof, which was flat, surrounded by a low parapet, which protected them from showing themselves against the illumination of the surrounding vapor lamps. Crawling along the roof to the edge of the nearest arsenal, they peered cautiously over. The whistle of a bullet caused Miles to duck his head, and he pulled his companion to cover as well. 
With his artificial antennae gone, he could not explain orally, and it was too dark to write. But the other followed him to the opposite edge, where they succeeded in potting the sentinels at post two and three, which were the only occupied posts within sight. There appeared to be nothing further to be accomplished up there. They crawled down into the building and took up their stationary windows of the upper story, from which they fired at every sign of movement in the direction of the arsenal, taking care to drop to the floor and then change windows after each shot. Finally, their ammunition gave out, and Cabo went down to the guard's room for more, but a long and careful search revealed only a few rounds. Miles returned to the upper story and groped through the rooms to find his friend, but it was his foot rather than his outstretched hand which finally found him. The Kupian sharpshooter lay dead. Miles Cabo alone, with only about a dozen cartridges, was the sole remaining defense of the captured building. No life seemed to be stirring on the arsenal side, so he crossed the building and looked out at the wall. Dark figures were stealthily creeping along where post number 12 should have been. The earth man let them have it with rapid fire, and they quickly disappeared. He now heard firing in that direction, and then the lights there went out, so that the wall no longer showed against the sky. From time to time he fired where he judged the wall was, so as to keep back the invaders, and thus soon entirely exhausted his ammunition. Thank heaven, he said to himself, the downstairs doors barred. But, as he said this, he realized that he had omitted to bar the door which opened towards the wall, and even as he realized this, there came a rush of many feet down the ramp which led from the wall to this door. End of chapter 25 Recording by Michael Knowles, Fort Worth, Texas